0: Missionaries, of course, Brother Fred, and then Brother Ray Donback being out of this church. So we appreciate you so much, and and the staff and all that you've done to make us feel welcome and take care of us. Appreciate uh, Brother and Sister Andrews taking us out, get us uh, some Mexican food, and got the the plate was enough for two or three people, but I cleaned the whole plate, so my wife will not let me eat the rest of the week, and that'll be all right, but uh, it's been a blessing to be here. I'm so glad you came back with a thought and potential of me being here preaching, and uh, don't leave. Uh, the ushers are under commands not to let you leave till after I'm done preaching, amen, because that would just hurt my feelings if you got up and walked out, And uh, but it is good. You can smile. I know this time change. I hate it. You know, I, I wish I had to leave it alone. My biological clock doesn't get right until they go and change it again, and then I'm off again. I, I, I just really hate it, and I hate that the sun's down, because when the sun goes down, I'm ready to go to bed, and I see some of you are too. I see it on your faces, but uh, God has been good to us, and we thank the Lord for his blessing. i going to read a couple different passages of scriptures and share something that I'll be honest with you. Uh, Somebody preached here recently, Uh, Lord brought it to my mind again, and it's something that I personally have to deal with and I have to be careful of, Uh, and it's an area in in my life and that I believe that uh, when I'm done preaching and sharing the message, you'll say, well, uh, in some areas, I deal with this too, and I battle with it. So, I want to go to Romans chapter 12, read a couple verses there, and then I'm going to jump back to uh, Numbers chapter uh, number 20. And as you're turning there, i got another little story for you about a, a little boy, about eight years old, and uh, he went down to a little corner, mom and pop place, and here in Mississippi, we know a lot about those little grocery stores, you know, and and so he went in, had a little bit of everything in, and he went in and got this big box of laundry detergent off the shelf. And I was coming up to the counter, and the, the owner of the store, Papa, he looked at him, and he's like, Son, you know, that's, that's a pretty good-sized box of laundry detergent you got there. And he said, What are you going to do? He lots of laundry, and the little boy said, Oh, no, no laundry. I'm going to wash my dog. He said, well, you shouldn't wash your dog with this uh, laundry detergent. It's, it's a very powerful one. And if you wash your dog in this, he w- he'll get sick. And, in fact, he might even die. But the little boy would not be stopped and carried the detergent to the counter. And he had the money, and he paid for it. And even as the grocer, as Pop's trying to tell him, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do this. So he went on his way, and he didn't think much about it. And about a week later, the little boy was in the store, and this time he's buying some candy, and Bob just couldn't take it. When he come up, he had to ask him. He said, "Uh, how's your dog doing? He said, oh, he died. He didn't want to be the, I told you so. But he said to him, he said, son, I I, I don't mean to say it, but, but I told you that that laundry detergent was very powerful and it, it would probably make him sick and kill him. And, and I tried to tell you not uh, to use that. Well, the boy replied, he said, I don't think it was the detergent that killed him. He said, oh, then what was it? Spin cycle. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. And some of you are sitting there going, I hope my son wasn't paying attention to that. Amen. That would be something he might try. Uh, As we look in Romans chapter 12, I want to look in verse number uh, 18, 19 uh, there, down through 21, and then we'll jump back to Numbers chapter number 20. The Bible says, "If if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good Now, if you'll jump back to Numbers chapter 20, this may be a very familiar passage of Scripture to you. I want to go to verse uh, number 1. Numbers chapter 20 and verse number 21, with that thought of being not overcome with evil. In verse number 1, the Bible says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zen in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people choked with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our cattle should die there? And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us in unto this evil place? It is no place of seed, or of figs, or of vines, or of pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell upon their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered a congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them, this is the water of Meribah because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for Central, Pastor Andrews, Lord, the ministry here and the outreach and the blessing they are to us. Now, God, I ask and pray that as I stand behind this sacred desk one more time, that, Lord, that you will just clear our hearts and minds and will be in tune. Lord, to you and to the Holy Spirit. Speak to hearts, change lives. Lord, help us now, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I've heard many people say over the time of being in the ministry and serving the Lord that they don't want to go to a particular church, or they're not going to go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Well, the Bible tells us that if we're believers, and even some would say they're born again, the Bible tells us, we know, in the book of Hebrews, that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. So, in essence, uh, them being a hypocrite, their sin, they're allowing their sin now to cause them or become their sin that now they're not going to go to church. See, we need to be careful as we go through this life. We deal with people running into people, and people are going to sin and they're going to do things. Living in the wicked world, the godless society that we talked about in the message this morning. We're going to run into people that are going to do things that is going to absolutely enrage us. And we need to be careful. Some of that may, may be good. The Bible tells us to be angry in Ephesians 4 and verse 26. And sin not, let not the sun go down upon your uh, wrath. Neither give place to the devil in verse number 27. Now, being angry, that's the easy part for me. But the sinning not when I'm angry, that's the difficulty. See, we need, we need to be careful when we're seeing others do things, and they may do things to us, they may accuse us, and, and we could go on and on about different things. We need to be careful that their sin doesn't become our sin or your sin, if you would, becoming my sin. Well, we find the Bible tells us there, we read in Romans, to be not overcome with evil. We, we need to be careful that influence of evil. We need to be careful as we're, we're watching the news and we're seeing things that are happening. And, and I don't say we need to keep our head in the sand. No, we need to be aware and we need to know what's going on. But we need to be very careful as we're, we're watching this. And some have more tolerance than others. I have about a 30-second tolerance for news and that's on a, on a good day uh, because I, I just get enraged over things and I don't like seeing problems and dealing with problems that, especially if there's simple solutions and people just don't want to fix the problems. Uh, that, that'll really bother me and, and we need to be careful about this. When we go to Numbers chapter 20, I believe we're looking at Moses and we're seeing a time in Moses' life where Moses let the sin of the children of Israel affect him so much that their sin became his sin. Moses uh, was, uh, you know, in a difficult place, and we'll look at that in a little bit, but he let their sin. So let's examine just a little bit, for a couple minutes, Israel's sin. Uh, Let's be aware of what had taken place. Here they are, they're traveling again. We know they're wandering and they're going on because of their sin and not being willing to go into the land. Let's remember the wilderness was not God's plan for them. That was a result of their sin. God's plan was for them to be in the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. It was going to be cities that they did not build that they were going to be uh, occupy uh, fields and vineyards that they would consume uh, that they did not plan or tend until they took over the land God's best was waiting for them but because of their lack of faith they wouldn't enter in to that promised land, those blessings and so God had to keep them out to those that said hey we're going to die God said you can't go in, you're going to die in there and so traveling here in the wilderness and all that is going on uh, and God continually provides Let's remember, God has provided all along the way. But here they are, they come to this place, they come uh, to this area, and now there's no water. Let us think about if we were to try to give water to uh, everyone in here. That takes a lot of water. What do they say? You need about a gallon of water. Everybody needs at least a gallon of water uh, to live. Most people nowadays it is uh, filtered through a coffee filter is how they get their gallon of water uh, a day, but you need that water. That's a lot of water just here, and you think about how many million of people are there traveling with the children of Israel, the estimates and things. So there is a a great uh, need of water to provide, and they're coming to him and they're saying we have no water, and they're now they're coming to Moses and. Uh, They're not believing that God uh, would provide. They're not believing that God allowed them to come into this place, not for them to suffer, but for God to provide for them, God to do another miracle uh, in their life. When you're in the center of God's will and you're going where God wants you to go and you run into a problem or a situation, God has already has it figured out. Uh, There's a reason, there's a purpose. God's going to teach you a lesson. God's going to be teaching somebody else. God wants to do a miracle. God wants to bless somebody. We don't know until we go through the problem, and we may never know on this side of glory all that God is doing with the situation. But they didn't believe God. They wouldn't go in the promised land. They're not believing that God uh, would provide. Now they're rebelling against the man of God that God placed there to lead them. Moses didn't necessarily want to be the the leader of the children of Israel. God chose him and God placed him here. And now they're complaining and rebelling against uh, the man of God and they're rebelling against the plan of God. Uh, Why have you led us here? Why would you bring us out of Egypt? Folks, remember, they were slaves in Egypt. And every time they talk about, all oh, it was better in Egypt, hey, they may have got to eat the leeks and all those things that they talked about, but they were eating the leftovers after they fed their masters. Uh, they, were, they were at the bottom rung of society and they were saying, you know what? This is better than being out here and going a part of God's plan and God providing for us. And so they began to rebel. They began uh, to gripe and complain about what God has done. They said, you brought us to this place. It is an evil place. Wait a second, God led them there. God placed them there. If we're not careful, this old flesh will want to begin to complain about where God has placed us and what God has done for us. And, and we'll start looking out and looking at somebody else. Hey, Israel here is, has rebelled. And the Bible says that they chose literally the idea of just about wanting to grappling with them. These, these people had one time wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. Uh, they, There's no love here. Uh, it's what have you done for me? They're like a bunch of uh, college football fans. Hey, if you're not winning the national title, you're out of here. You're done. You know, you lost the game, you're out of here. Uh, and they're even worse. They literally won a stone. So here they are. They're rebelling against God's man. They're rebelling against the plan of God. Uh, they're They're griping, They're complaining. Uh, They're they're just uh, unbelief. All this is going on. And now they're coming to Moses. He's a leader. They're bringing this situation and dealing this. I'm throwing this at Moses. Let's look at Moses' response. So we look at Moses' response, but as we go to look at Moses' response, it is vitally important that we don't pass over verse number one. Folks, we are emotional people. God gave us emotions. God created us with emotions. Yes, because sin has tainted and affected everything, and our emotions we need to be careful of. We, we need to not let our emotions control us, and we need to walk by faith. But God has given us emotions, uh, laughter and joy, and anger, fear, and all those things are a part. God has given us those. Grief is an emotion that God has given us. Moses here has just lost his sister. He's emotionally taxed. He's been leading these people. He's been dealing with these people's problems and all that is going on. And now his sister, his older sister. Remember, she's the one that watched over him as he's in uh, the basket. She is the one... That didn't say, you know, like some sisters would, little brothers, whoops, crocodile got him. (laughs) Don't know what happened, mom and left. No, she was diligent. She watched over him and she jumped into action and she was responsible. Uh, humanly speaking, for the one that got Moses back with his mother, and and for her to be able to whisper and teach him and those things that were planted in him, so that even though he was raised in Pharaoh's home, uh, he stood with his people there at the end. That's why he ended out there in uh, the out there in the desert there and raising the sheep and doing what he's doing. Moses is emotionally taxed. He didn't deal completely with his emotions. He's grieving over his sister. He's dealing with this. We need to be careful of our emotions. The devil knows when we're weak. He knows when when, he, when to hit us. Boy, my pastor, and if you think about it, pray for my pastor and his family. About four weeks ago, Brother Benny Dill, who is his brother-in-law, was our uh, song leader in our church for about 38 years Passed away. Two weeks later, his wife, my pastor's sister, passed away, Miss Gail. And then this morning, his mother, about ninety-three years old, she'd been down, broke her hip, had passed away. Well, that's uh, the Carr family and Dill family have been through quite quite a bit at time. Can I say this after pastoring, and your pastor didn't ask me to say that your pastor is still has emotions and has needs like any other man? He really does. He feels things. And there, there are times when he's down emotionally. Why? Because one day he may be uh, down in the hospice ward of, of the hospital and with a family as they usher in their loved one into glory and then get a phone call and go a few floors up or down, whichever the hospital is, and be rejoicing with a family that is brought in a new baby into the world. The highs and lows of a pastor sometimes emotionally with his people can be very taxing. Moses here emotionally is kind of drained. But I want you to know as they come and they bring this problem again and they're complaining and throwing this all on him, and even though he's, he's really emotional, Moses started out right with this, this problem in this situation. The Bible says he didn't say anything. Uh, Verse number 6, they come in, they bring all their complaints, they need water. Moses knows he can't give them water. Moses knows there's nothing he can do. So he and his brother Aaron, they go in, uh, they go into, from the presence of the assembly, they go into the tabernacle, they get on their faces, and they begin to pray. Hey, how should we deal with problems in our life? We need to pray. We need to ask God. We need to seek His face in His direction. And oh, what a wonderful time they had because as they fell on their faces, The Bible says the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. Friend, have you gone into your prayer closet and been there praying about the problems and the situations and the things that people have done to you and began to pray and seek God and you stayed in there until the presence of God was just felt? Oh, it may or not a physical seeing light or the glory of God as Moses would see him, but you felt his presence, you felt his arms around you. Hey, Moses and Aaron, they're handling this right. They started out right. They're in there in prayer. They're seeking God. What a great feeling and privilege it is that when you're in the midst of your darkest time and to feel the Lord come in, touch your heart. Situation hasn't changed, but God showed up. And when you know God shows up, things are gonna happen and things are gonna be all right. But we just gotta pray and we gotta wait and we gotta seek God. Hey, this problem's bigger than I can handle. These people are driving me nuts, God. Help me with this lord what am i to do he started out right he went in he sought god and god gave him a word now god's not going to speak to us audibly he may speak to us in our heart but he's going to speak to us through his word lord how do i deal with this what do i need to do god says all right moses here's what you i want you to do i want you to take up your rod i want you to gather the assembly together." And you and Aaron, you go out and you go to the rock. Not any rock, that rock, which was Christ, we know reading in Corinthians, that rock that followed them, uh, that rock he smote the last time. He said, now, this time I want you to take your rod. You got your rod in your hand. But I don't want you to use that rod. I want you to speak to that rock, and that rock he'll give you of his water. Uh, he will provide that water. Hey, Jesus, didn't he tell the woman at the well uh, that if you drink of the water that I give, you'll never thirst again? Hey, it's going to be a beautiful picture of Christ. God, God is wanting to do something here. He knew this was going to happen, and so God was going to use this situation to be glorified and to be sanctified in the eyes of the people. So he got his instructions And they go out. Verse number 9. They go out, and as the Lord commanded, everything's going good. Everything is happening. Verse number 10. And Moses and Aaron gathered a congregation together before the rock. Everything is going according to plan, according to the word of God. Then something happened. When he gathered the people, now I don't know the Bible doesn't tell us, but I surmise, in my mind and in my heart, and after pastoring and dealing dealing with people, that that person, and and just being—you don't have to be a pastor, but you know, you know that person that knows that last nerve and just can't wait to push it. They just can't wait to touch it. You know, you're you're having a bad day and things are not going good, and that one person's going to show up at work. That one client, that one that nothing is ever just right, no matter what you do, they've got a complaint. They're going to come to you. That one person, no matter how hard you pray for them, you would rather regulate their error than you would talk to them. You, you, you would rather do anything. Lord, I have bamboo splint shoved up underneath my fingernails and have to deal with that person again. I don't know. I don't know if there was somebody there that come up. I don't know if maybe because people are cruel and people will say things. Uh, Brother Baker in our Sunday school were talking about how the people were saying uh, they're the blind men that Jesus there and, and John and did the, the clay on the eyes and, and looking at him and said, you know, did he sin? And, uh, you know, as, as a baby, what did he do? Did he kick the mom too hard in the womb? Said, that's it. You're blind. You kicked your mom too hard. Gave her indigestion. Shouldn't have gave her indigestion. What their thought process was and saying that. And people say things, and he shared personal example, of how cruel people can be sometimes in times of need. And maybe as Moses is gathering there, one of those smart Alex may have said, Boy, I'm sure glad Miriam ain't here to see this mess you put us in. Miriam knew you weren't good enough to be a leader. Remember that time. Remember, Miriam did go against them, and God struck her with uh, leprosy and held all the people up. Maybe it, maybe somebody said something like, you know, Moses, I wish it was you instead of Miriam that died. We like Miriam. She understood us. Moses, you are just so, you're just too old to do this job. Moses, I don't know who you think you are. Uh, I don't know what took place, but I know something happened, whether the faces of the people, whether the attitude of the people. I don't know what happened. But I do know this according to Scripture, something took place that took Moses from being in the presence of God and the glory of God and getting the word of God and the instruction of God that it took him to this place that he followed the people's sin. You see, instead of uh, responding to the situation as God told him to respond, he saw their faces. He saw what they did, how they reacted, and their sin became his sin. What did he do? Hey, he acted and reacted out of emotions. He didn't react according to the facts that God gave him that I'm going to provide. He looked at the people, he let them, he was overcome with their evil. And because he let them overcome his evil, then he rebelled against the word of God. He became angry and he rebelled against the word of God. He said things that he shouldn't have said. Now he's going to do things he shouldn't do. Why? Because he got angry with them. He rebelled. He said things. He didn't believe God enough to do it exactly as God had said. Now, God was gracious and provided the water for his people because he is God and he is gracious. But there Moses sat up and he calls them names. Oh, hear ye now, ye rebels. Those are God's people. You know, that person that drives you nuts, God loves him as much as he loves you and he loves me. Sometimes that's hard. I ask God, is there any exception to that rule? You know, I'm just wondering. He said, no, because you see how you irritate people and what you do and what I have to deal with you. And I have to say, yes, Lord, you're right. But they rebelled. Ye rebels, here now, must we fetch you No, 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 God's going to provide you speak and the rock's going to give and then you're going to be able to drink. It's not you, Moses. It's not Aaron. It's God's going to do that. But he got so angry and so upset. You know, anger, boy, that's, that's not a good thing. I don't know how much stupid tax I've paid in my life because I got angry and broke things and threw things. My wife is being very reserved right now and not saying amen and raising her hands gotta be careful that anger that emotion gets in when something doesn't work the way it's supposed to I'm just ready to set it on fire and walk away just go I don't need that car we'll just burn it down don't need the house burn it down we'll get something out I don't know what we're gonna get I don't know where we're gonna go but at that moment I just burn it down and move on destroy it run it off a cliff do something spectacular you know why because I let the anger so I have to be careful. I'm saying, I'm preaching this message. I'm always preaching to me. You know, always dealing with things and people and stuff. And sometimes it just gets in and react to the situation. The very things that disturbed him in the people, he now incorporated into his life. We need to be careful that we don't end up doing those things we despise in others. Because of the way he reacted and the way we react, we rob God of his right. To dispense vengeance that was we read in Romans chapter 12 he's the one that's gonna take care that's his job that's not my job God says I'll do it I'll take care of that Moses so we see the sin of the people we see Moses response but then I want you to realize the consequences that Moses has to face you see the statement you've probably heard it many many times my wife and i we're discussing some things this week, and, and we've both probably said this a couple times, that you have the freedom to make the choice, but you do not get to choose the consequences. See, that's what's wrong in America society now with a lot of our young people. I have the freedom to choose. Yes, you do, young people. You have the freedom to choose what you're going to do and make those decisions as you get older, but you are not free to choose the consequences. You want to go out and you want to live and you want to rebel against God. There's consequences. There's consequences for living right. Some consequences are better than others. You have that freedom. You have that right. Moses, you went in and you did it. The blessing of the pitcher, first of all, was lost instead of speaking to the rock. And now the judgment of God was upon him. The very thing that Moses had dedicated his life to, leading the people into the promised land. He doesn't get to go. Can I, can I tell you this? Moses never got over this. You read through Deuteronomy, he says, the Lord angry because, because of your sakes. God, because of you, I can't go in the promised land. God allowed him to look into the land and see it. But he couldn't go in and partake. I mean, remember when when the 12 spies come back and they brought the fruit of the land. Hey, he ate of those grapes. He tasted of that honey. He got to have a glimpse. He knew what he wanted. He was excited about that. But their sin, and because they wouldn't obey him, they wouldn't go. Now it's delayed. And because he let their sin become his sin, he couldn't go any further. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Hey, the Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 12... uh, for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall much be required. Moses knew better. Moses talked with God personally. So the consequences of his rebellion was going to cost him. He had the freedom to choose. He didn't have the freedom to choose the consequences. Be careful that your their sin doesn't become your sin your sin became my sin oh how sad how sad it is you will see people doing things that are wrong and maybe in righteous indignation you want to you want to react but be careful that you respond and don't react be careful that you respond according to the Word of God why because there's consequences for every action for every decision and if we let someone else's sin become our sin and we know better the consequences are higher let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and i don't know how god has used this message in your heart and in your life and as they prepare for the invitation time the men are there